0: Hello, online family. My name is Matthew Malik, and I'm the lead pastor here at Refuge. We are so incredibly glad that you chose to tune in to the Refuge official podcast today. We believe the message you are about to hear will inspire you in a very meaningful way. We believe the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work in your life, and we believe that you'll hear from him today. Please enjoy. Sam is amazing. He's, he's young, but yet he has vision, and he has a passion and a love for Jesus. And so you are going to be extremely blessed by the word that he brings this morning. So Sam, why don't you come up here and minister the word that God's stirred in your heart. God bless you. Thank you so much, Pastor Matt.
1: Thank you. So much, Pastor Matt. Thank you. All right. Well, I was going to introduce myself, but I don't think I have to now. Thank you so much for those kind words, Pastor Matt. It means so, so much. I want to just, first of all, fix whatever's going on with my microphone here, and then just say a very, very warm welcome to everyone here this morning. Thank you all so much for being here. It just means so much to have all of you here, especially when, you know, we're fighting what I think might have been negative 20 this morning. Crazy, crazy temperatures, but we're Wisconsinites. We're used to it, right? And I want to just also greet everyone online. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We love seeing you guys and interacting with you each and every week. And the first thing I want to do before I get into any scripture or any of my message this morning is just give a shout of praise and glory to God because he is so deserving and he deserves every bit of praise and glory that we can give him. And I also want to just say the most... The most genuine thank you I can to our pastors, thank you for trusting me with your pulpit this morning. Thank you for trusting me with your congregation this morning Pastor Matt Pastor Deb, I can genuinely say that i don 't think I would be the man today that I, man that I am today without both of you sewing into my life and so thank you so much let 's give our pastors just a round of applause this morning now it 's at this point in the message that. Pastor Matt would typically share a little bit of humor with you, and last time I spoke, I shared some humor with you as well, but what I'm going to do today is instead I'm going to share with you a little bit of a warning. Now, caught you off guard there, right? I'm going to share with you a warning? We're in church, what the heck? No, I'm going to share with you a warning that today's message might not be the most comfortable one. I'm going to pull this away from my mouth a little bit here. Can we hear me all right? All right. Today's message might not be the most comfortable message you've ever heard. Today's message might cause some conviction. Today's message might cause you to look at your life in a little bit of a different way. And if it's your first time here, I promise you, this is this is what conviction is. It causes us to look at maybe what we've been doing or how we've been living. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> All right, so conviction, it's, it's something that's healthy. I promise you it's healthy. It's going to cause you to maybe look at some of the ways that you've been living, look at some of the things you've been doing, and see them in the light of God and in the light of what he's called us to. So this might not be the most comfortable message. This might be a message that causes some stirring. We'll give this a shot here. All right. So yeah, it might not be the most comfortable message, but I promise you we're going we're gonna to get through it together. And so as Pastor Matt mentioned, we're starting a brand new series today called Foundations. And so what I want us to do here is I want us to just give a little bit of a backstory on what we're going to be talking about and where specifically we're going to be reading and whatnot. And so what I'm going to be preaching about today is what Jesus originally delivered as a sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And in the Sermon on the Mount he delivered or he he preached to his disciples a parable known as the parable of the two builders the builder who built his house on the rock and the builder who built his house on the sand and so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at these two builders but a little bit of history on the sermon on the mount what it was was Jesus was preaching to his disciples one day and this massive crowd gathered around him as he preached and this wasn't something that Jesus was handing out tickets for it's not something that he was handing out flyers for what happened was he just started preaching and this massive crowd Gathered around to hear what he had to say because what he was saying was so important. He was the Son of God preaching. To man. And what happened was the crowd grew so large that what Jesus did was he took his disciples and they went up the mountainside a little bit to just sort of remove themselves from the crowd so that they weren't so congested and whatnot. We all know that, you know, we've done some social distancing this past year, right? What they did was they came up the mountainside a little bit and he continued preaching to his disciples. And the parable that we're about to read in Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27, is the parable that he shared with them when they went up the mountainside a little bit. And so I would love for you all to go ahead and turn to Matthew 7 verses 24 through 27 with me, because I know you've all probably heard this a thousand times before, but when you read something, when you take notes on it, you're going to remember it so much more. But I'm going to add to that this morning that when you read along with what we're going to read this morning, you're not only going to be able to remember it better, but you're going to be able to call back to it better. When you need to remember this scripture, when you need to remember this message, when times get tough, you're going to be able to remember this scripture. So if you have your Bible with you today, brownie points, Way to go for bringing your Bible. If you don't, please go ahead and just look it up on your phone. We're not on Instagram. We're not on Snapchat. We're not on any of that stuff right now. We're reading the scripture. So we're going to go straight to Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27. Let's go ahead and read, starting in verse 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who has built his house on the rock, Verse 25. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Verse 26, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who has built his house on the sand. Verse 27, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. So this is a big chunk of scripture, but this is what we're going to build off this morning, talking about foundations. As we start this series on foundations, we're going to be talking about what you're building your house on. And what I'm going to talk specifically about today is, are you building your house on the rock, or are you building your house on the sand? And when we're talking about this, I understand that it can be a little confusing. Well, rocks, and house, building. I'm not a construction worker. What are we talking about? But what we're going to do today is we're going to break this down into three specific parts. We're first going to define what is the rock that Jesus is talking about here. We're going to talk about what that rock is is that jesus is talking about then we're going to talk about what the sand is because there's that whole other side of this parable right what is the sand that the builder built his house on and then finally we're going to talk about how we actually build the foundation because it's great to talk about where to build it but we also have to talk about how to build it and so before we get into any more i just want to say a quick prayer for us this morning father god thank you so much for what a for what a What an honor it is to be in your house this morning, Lord. We thank you that you are here in this place with us this morning. We thank you that you are changing hearts and minds this morning, Lord. I pray that every word that comes out of my mouth will not be my words, but that it will be your words, Father God. I pray that your words will fall upon fertile soil this morning, God. I pray that your words will fall upon the hearts and minds of your children here this morning. And that everyone gains a new revelation of just who you are, of how powerful you are, and of how much you love us, Lord God. You love us so much. Father God. And I just pray that each and every person here today walks away with a new revelation of this love, Lord God. We thank you for all of this in your name this morning. Amen. Now, before we talk about what exactly the rock is, I want to make a bit of an important note about this parable that Jesus is sharing with us, this parable about the builder who built on the rock and the builder who built on the sand. In both scenarios in this parable, the storm still comes to the house, So what Jesus is telling us here is not where to build our house so that the storm never comes, but he's telling us how to build our house so that the storm does not knock our house over. This is not an instruction on where to build your house so that the storm never touches you. This is how to build your house so that the storm does not wreck you. This is not about where. This is about how we are talking about how to build your foundation this morning. So, what exactly is the rock that Jesus is talking about in this parable? I think we don't have a working microphone in this place. I'm sorry. No, I'm kidding. We have plenty of awesome equipment. I'm very, we're very blessed here. But to, to talk about what exactly the rock is, is I want to build a bit of a road map through the Old Testament because we're reading in the book of Matthew this morning it's the first book in the New Testament and what I want to do is build a road map through the Old Testament of everywhere that we see it talking about the rock and obviously this is pre-modern history, so we're not talking about Dwayne Johnson, the rock. No, we're actually talking about something entirely different, I assure you. So what I want to do is I want to build this roadmap. And we see all throughout the Old Testament that the rock refers to one thing very specifically. And so I want to build this map and build these points so that we can see what exactly the rock is referring to. So if you would, go ahead and turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 3 through 4. This is going to be our first point on the map. And what Deuteronomy is, is it's a, especially this chapter 32, it's a song that was sung by Moses before he passed off leadership to Joshua. And what we see here in Deuteronomy 32, verses three through four, is that Moses sings, for I will proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God, the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice. So this is our first point in the map. Let's go ahead and look at our second point. Second Samuel chapter twenty-two, verse thirty-two through verse thirty-three, and this is another. This is a psalm that this is a psalm of praise from David. What we see here is for who is God but the Lord, and who is a rock except our God? This God is my strong refuge and has made my way blameless. So we now have two points in this map where we see the rock is referring to God, right? Let's go ahead and put another point in this map. Let's look at Psalm 18, verse 2. And this is another psalm of praise written by David. And he wrote this for God himself, who he referred to as the chief musician. What he, what, he, what he writes here is, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, and my stronghold. So we now have three points in this map. Let's go ahead and just put one more. Psalm 89, verse twenty six. 6 he shall cry to me you are my father my god and the rock of my salvation we now have four points through the old testament and there's a lot more than this this is just what i thought would build us a good map this morning where we see my god my rock the rock is referring to jesus The rock is Jesus and his teachings. The rock that we are to build our foundation upon is Jesus and his teachings. We just went through the whole Old Testament there. That was a super fast read of the whole Old Testament, right? We see these points in the map where the rock is Jesus. The rock is Jesus and his teachings. This is what we are to build our foundation upon, church. We are to build our foundation on Jesus and his teachings, this is what the rock is. But there's this other side of the parable, the sand. We have to also talk about what exactly is the sand that we're not supposed to build our foundation on. So let's, let's look at what the sand is. And what I want to do here is build us another map where we can trace through the Old Testament and see what exactly the sand is referring to when Jesus shares this parable with us. And what I want to do first is just talk about the difference between a rock and sand, right? And we know that, you know, anatomically on the very small level, a rock and sand are not all that different, right? A rock is just a big piece of sand. Sand is just a lot of tiny rocks, right? They might not seem all that different. But when you take an aggregate view of the subject, and when you look at it from the, the, from this very broad viewpoint, you can see that there's a very big difference between rocks and sand, right? And so what we see throughout the Old Testament, we're going to build this map again, is that sand refers to plenty and abundance. So when sand is brought up, we see that it's talking about when things are very abundant, when there's a lot of people, or a lot of treasures, or a lot of just anything, really, when things are going fairly well, we see sand used to describe it. Saying, like, the number of the children of Israel was as many as the grains of sand on the sea. And we see this here, first and foremost, in Judges chapter 7, verse 12. So I'm just going to go ahead and read this for you guys real quick and this we we don't know exactly who wrote judges but a lot of scholars believe it was the prophet Samuel awesome guy love his name super cool but we see here in judges chapter 7 verse 12 and the midianites and the amalekites and all the people of the east lay along the valley like locusts in abundance and their camels were without number and the sand as as the sand that is on the seashore in abundance so that's our first point in the map here. We see the sand being used to refer to something that is in abundance. The camels were as many as the sand on the seashore, right? Let's put a second point in this map where we're establishing what exactly the sand is. First Kings chapter 4, verse 20. And again, we don't know exactly who wrote First Kings, but many scholars believe it was the prophet Jeremiah. Judah and Israel were as many as the sand by the sea. They ate and drank and were happy. Again, the sand referring to something that is in abundance when something is going well. Let's put one last point in this map in Hosea chapter 1 verse 10. Hosea was written by the prophet Hosea, and it's a chapter all about just redemption and restoration to God. We see here in Hosea chapter 1 verse 10. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be like the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. So we now have another map that we've built here showing us that sand throughout the Bible refers to abundance and to plenty. So on the again, taking this broad viewpoint, it's, it doesn't seem like a terrible thing to build your foundation on, right? You could build your foundation on when things are going really well, when you have a lot of something, when, the, when, when, when resources are in abundance, right? It doesn't seem like something that would be terrible to build your foundation on, but what we need to understand is that if you build your life upon the abundance, if you build your life upon the plenty, if you build your life on things that are flashy and things that are cool and things that are pleasing to others, it is not a life that is going to be pleasing to God. This is what we need to understand here, this abundance and plenty that is represented by the sand here in this parable, is not something that is going to be a foundation that will last. It is a foundation that is going to wash away. Now, don't get me wrong. I have no problem with Christians being wealthy people. I believe that wealth is something that the Lord blesses us with so that we can use it to grow the kingdom of God. But that wealth, that plenty, that abundance cannot be what we are building our lives on. We have to be building our lives on what is the rock that we established was Jesus Christ, right? We have to build our life on the rock. We cannot build our life on the sand, What are some of the storms that might come our way? Because that's another really important element of this parable, right? It's the storms that come and beat against the house. Well, Pastor Matt shared this morning, and I don't think I'm far off in saying that 2020 was quite a storm, right? 2020 brought lots of storms. Maybe some of us lost our job. Maybe some of us were spending a lot more time at home, and it brought to light maybe some issues that we had sort of been hiding. Maybe in 2020, you lost some loved ones. These are all storms that can come our way in life. And these are all storms that are going to wash away our foundation if it is not on the rock. Now, it's important to also talk about what what exactly the foundation is. The foundation is what supports the house, right? And so if if we're looking at the sand and we're seeing that our foundation, the thing that supports us, is found in our job or our assets or our hobbies, it's a foundation that is not going to last. Are you hearing me this morning, church? Let me try this. Your foundation cannot be in Netflix. Your foundation cannot be in social media. Your foundation cannot be in shopping on Amazon. Your foundation cannot be in any of these things that are so trivial they will wash away. Your foundation, let me hit you a little bit harder here, church. Your foundation, the thing that supports you when times get tough, when the storm comes, the thing that you turn to for support cannot be pornography, cannot be be drugs cannot be alcohol it cannot be any of these things of the world these are foundations of sand that will wash away when the storm comes when times get tough these are foundations that will wash away and it will leave you so empty so broken your house will fall because you do not have a foundation on the rock all of these things are foundations of sand and they're going to leave you so empty and so broken when the storm comes. So we know we know that we're supposed to build our foundation on the rock. We know that the sand is something that's going to wash away. But how do we actually make sure that we're building our foundation on the rock? Well, something I want to do here, and it's something that I know Pastor Matt likes to do, and I like to also. I, In fact, I would go so far as to say I learned it from him is I like to look at the original translation of certain books in the Bible. And so the book of Matthew was originally written in Greek. So if we go back and look at the original Greek translation of the book of Matthew and we look specifically at our foundational scripture, Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, we see that when Jesus says the word rock, it is the word patron, P-T-R-A-N, Patron. This is what is referred to as the rock in the original Greek text. And so what we can do here is, with knowing this word rock that Jesus uses, patron, we can look throughout the New Testament and see where, again, he uses this word. And another very interesting place that he uses this word is in another parable he shares, actually, about the sower. So, I'm sure some of us here in this room are familiar with the parable of the sower, but if you're not, I'll just give you a little bit of a backstory on it. The parable of the sower is about a man who is walking down a path and he is sowing seed off of the path. And he's going along and he sows some seed, he throws it into some fertile soil. And this fertile soil takes that seed and the seed becomes strong and it grows up and it produces a great harvest. And then he continues on a little further, and he throws some more seed onto some dry soil, some dry, hard soil. But this isn't, this isn't the Patron that we see. This is just dry, probably, probably just hard, sandy soil. And what happens here is these birds come and they sweep up the seeds and these seeds never even have a chance to grow. But then we see as he goes down the path a little bit further, he tosses some seed onto some rocky soil, onto some Patron soil. This is where we see Patron used again. And what we see here is very, very interesting, church. What we see is that the seeds thrown onto the Patron, onto the rocky soil, do actually start to grow. These seeds start to grow a little bit and they look healthy but as soon as the storm Storm comes, they are toppled over When the storm comes, even though they were on Patron, they were toppled over. Why is this? We see patron it translates right over. these seeds were on patron. Why were they toppled it 's because these seeds did not have a foundation on the rock. These seeds were simply growing on top of the rock. See, you can come to church church. You can be in a small group, and you can volunteer, and you can blast praise and worship music in your car, but if you are not actually building a foundation on the rock, it is not going to stand when the storm comes. You can do all of these churchy things, but if you're not actually building a foundation for yourself, your house will be toppled when the storm comes. This is why we have to build a foundation. It's possible to just sit on the rock and not actually have a foundation on it. So how do we build this foundation? Well, what I want to do here is I want to go over to the gospel of Luke and look at how Luke recounts this parable of the Lord. And we're going to go specifically to Luke chapter six, verses 46 through 49. And what Luke tells us here, I think is very, very interesting and very, very important. So I'll give you a second to get your place in Luke chapter six, verses 46 through 49. And again, I so strongly encourage everyone to please read along so that you have these scriptures in your mind. So Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49. Let's see what Luke tells us here about this parable that Jesus is sharing. It says in verse 46, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them I will show you what he is like, he referring to God. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So it doesn't sound all that different from this parable in Matthew, right? There's still two builders. They still build on the rock, and they still build on the ground or the sand. It doesn't sound all that different, but what I want to do is back up to verse 48 because there's something very important here that I want us to get. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. We see here in the gospel that there is an effort involved, church. There is an effort involved in building your foundation on the rock. Because like we said, with the seeds that fell on the Patron, on the rocky soil, they were just sitting on top of the rock, right? We have to dig Down to the rock, church. There is an effort involved, and it's very easy to just build your house on the sand, and it's very easy to just build your house above the rock, but what we have to do is we have to dig down. There is this effort involved that we see here in verse 48. We have to dig into the things that are God to lay our foundation on the rock. We have to dig into Jesus. We have to dig into the scriptures. We have to dig into prayer. We have to dig into his presence. We have to dig, church. Now is the time to dig. We have to dig down to lay our foundation on the rock. There is an effort involved. Because like we said, right, you can come to church and you can be in a small group and you can do all of this churchy stuff, but you might just be sitting on the rock. You might not be digging down to the rock and laying your foundation on it. And so in a little bit here, we're going to give you the opportunity to, opportunity to say what we around here call the believer's prayer. But what I want to do first is I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you what the inside of your house looks like this morning. Because I can see the outside of your house. I can see you sitting in these seats. I can see that many of you woke up this morning and likely took a shower and put on a nice outfit and came to church with a smile on your face. I can see the outside of your house, but I want to ask you what the inside of your house looks like. Are there maybe some cracks in your foundation, church? Is there maybe some water seeping into the basement? Is there maybe so much clutter that you can't even see the cracks in the foundation? Is there so much clutter in your life that you can't even see your foundation is cracking? It's so important, church, that we decide to dig. This is a decision that we have to make. Because yes, you come to church. Yes, you're in a small group. Yes, you're volunteering. But are you actually digging for yourself or are you letting everyone else live the Christian life and you're just tagging along? you have to decide to dig, church, now more than ever. Now is the time to dig, because I promise you that 2020 was not the only year where a storm is going to come. A storm is going to come in 2021. A storm is going to come in 2022. A storm is going to come in 2023, 24, 25. There will always be a storm, church. There will always be a storm. We are promised that this life of faith, this pursuit of God, is going to bring storms. It is going to bring persecution. It is not going to be an easy walk. There are going to be storms. And so we have to decide to dig and lay our foundation on the rock, or else these storms that are promised to come are going to wreck our house and wash us away. We have to decide to dig, church. I have another book up here with me this morning that I want to share a little bit from, and this book is Mere Christianity. For anyone who doesn't maybe know about this book, it's written by an incredible man of God named C.S. Lewis, and what it was was during World War II, he gave a series of talks on the radio about what it means to be a Christian, about what mere Christianity is, and he compiled these talks into a book. What I want to share specifically is this passage here towards the end, where he talks about the house that is each and every one of us. Each and every one of us is a house. And it's why it's so important that we have our foundation on the rock. Because when the storms come and they beat against the house that is each and every one of us, we have to have our foundation on the rock. So I want to share this with you. Imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. And at first, perhaps, you can understand what he is doing. He's getting the drains right and stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew that those jobs needed doing, and so you're not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house and about in a way that hurts abdominally and does not seem to make sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one that you thought of. Throwing out a new wing here, putting up an extra floor there, running up towers and making courtyards. You thought you were going to be made into a decent little cottage, but he is building a palace. He intends to come and live in it himself. This is why we have to have a foundation, church. The Lord is building a house that is each and every one of us. And we have to build the foundation so that when he builds this house up in us, it is not a house that is washed away by the first storm that comes. This is why it is so important that we know what the rock is and we start to dig. We have to dig, church. Now is the time to dig in, to dig into the things of God, to dig into his presence, to dig into prayer, to dig into the scriptures, to dig into everything that is the rock, that is Jesus and his teachings. Now is the time to dig. Many of us probably know John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus was laid down as the rock. Jesus was laid down for us to build our foundation on him so that our house that the Lord is building within every one of us and I promise you it is a greater house than you could ever imagine it is not a cottage it is a mansion it is a greater house than you could ever picture this is why it is so important that we build our foundation on the rock that is Jesus that was laid down for us As I mentioned before, we're going to give you the opportunity to say what we around here call the believer's prayer. It's an invitation for Jesus to come into your life, for him to make you new, for him to start the renovations on the house on you. And if anything I've said today resonated in you, if you if you if you if you're listening to what I said and when I was talking about the sand and what it means to have your foundation on it, if you started to feel like maybe Maybe my foundation is on the sand. All of this stuff is starting to wear on me. When these storms come, it gets me so low that I have no choice but to go to something else for my support. I'm telling you today that there is a support that will last forever and it will be stronger than any other vice you could possibly imagine. There is a support that is ready and waiting for you and that support is Jesus, church. That support is Jesus, And this is the prayer that invites him in. This is the prayer you say when you want to start digging. This is the prayer we say to go down to the rock and start to lay our foundation on Jesus. This is the prayer that we say when we start to dig. This is the prayer we say when we don't want our house to be washed away, but instead we want to build the strongest foundation there is that is Jesus. This is the prayer. That invites Jesus in to make the renovations that so desperately we need, church. Maybe there are those cracks in your foundation, maybe there is water seeping in, or maybe there's so much clutter you have no idea. Inviting Jesus in today is the right step in the in the, the first step in the right direction. Inviting Jesus in, he is the master builder church, he's going to come in and he is going to fix the cracks and stop the leaks and rebuild the house into something you were, you could never imagine it could be. You might think, you might think you're not good enough. You might think you can't achieve anything. You might think that you're trying everything there is. You might think that you've tried it all before. You might think that there are no more options, but I'm telling you, your option today is to start doing digging. And when you start to dig and you start to lay your foundation on that which is Jesus Christ, the rock, Patron. when you start to lay your foundation on him, your house becomes stronger immediately, immediately. When you start to dig, this is the first step in the right direction. Maybe you have just been coming to church. Maybe you have been going to small group, maybe you have been volunteering and you're doing all of this church stuff, but you're just doing it to do it. You don't actually know why you're doing it other than maybe it's the right thing. Maybe you grew up in church and you just go to church now because you grew up in church. You have to go to church and go to small group and volunteer because you are digging church. We have to dig Because yes, you can sit on top of that rock. Yes, you can sit on the ground above the rock. But as soon as the storm comes and we don't have a foundation on it, our house is going to be washed away. This is why we have to dig and lay our foundation on the rock, on Jesus, and not everything that the world wants us to lay our foundation on. We cannot lay our foundation on the plentiful or the abundant. It's okay to have wealth. It's okay to be abounding in resources. There's nothing wrong with that, but that cannot be what you are putting your foundation on. It's okay to be on social media. It's okay to watch Netflix. It's okay to shop on Amazon, but that cannot be your foundation, church. Your foundation has to be on the rock. And so what I want to ask everyone to do is just close your eyes and bow your heads. No one's going to look around. If today you want to make the decision to start digging, if today you want to make the decision to pick up your foundation off of the sand and move it to the rock, if today you want to make the decision to put your trust in Jesus, the foundation, the rock that will always last, that will weather through any storm, if you want to make the decision today to put your faith, your hope, your trust in Jesus, I want you to just slip up your hand for me so I can pray for you specifically. No one's going to be looking around. No one's going to be judging anyone. Just slip up that hand for me. I see that hand. I see those hands. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you, Father God. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. So what I'm going to ask everyone to do is just repeat after me. This is the prayer we say to invite Jesus in. Father God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner and that I need you as my savior. Lord, I invite you in today to help me fix the cracks, to help me fix the leaks. God, I pray that you take away all that is old and fill me with all of you. God, today I decide to dig chase after you more and more every day. Thank you for doing this work in me, Lord. I acknowledge that you are my Savior and that you are doing a work in me now. Father God, I thank you so much for each and every person who just said that prayer, especially if it was their first time. Father God, I thank you that you are doing such an incredible work in their life, a work that cannot and will not be undone when they start to dig, Lord, when they start to dig into the things of you, when they start to dig into prayer, into scripture, into everything that is you, Lord. I thank you that you are doing a work in their hearts and minds today, a work that is so powerful, a work that is going to build a mansion when they thought they could only be a cottage, Lord. I thank you that you are in this place this morning, Father God. I thank you so much that you are doing such an immense work in this place, Lord. We can feel it, Father we can feel it in this place this morning lord we invite your presence in we invite you here this morning lord we pray that we speak with you during worship that we decide to dig lord that today we decide to dig father god we thank you that you're going to guide us every step of the way we thank you that you've already supplied the shovel. You've already supplied everything we need to start digging, God. Today, we decide to take action and finally start to dig, Lord. We decide to pick up our foundation off of the sand and put it on the rock that is you, Lord. And we commit today to chase after you more than ever before so that when the storms come we know our foundation is on you and you are supporting us, Lord. You are our support. Nothing that will wash away. Nothing that is of the plenty or abundance, Father God, but only you. We put our dependence on you today, Father God you and you alone we pray all of this in your mighty mighty name this morning lord amen amen well thank you all so much for allowing me to share the word with you this morning at this time i'm going to welcome up pastor matt and we're going to partake of communion and if you said that prayer for the first time today or even if you said it for the hundredth i promise you i've said that prayer a hundred times myself communion is the perfect perfect first step in this journey
0: Thank you so much again for tuning in to the Refuge Official Podcast. We hope that this message spoke to you in a very meaningful way and that you were able to receive from the Lord today. If you chose to give your life to Jesus today or would like to find more of our content, we would love for you to get connected with us on our website at wearefuge.net. Be blessed and have an amazing week.